This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Yeah. Afternoon. Triple R. You knew that, didn't you? Because you, uh, you turned on the radio yourself, didn't you? I hope. Unless maybe it just came on to life in the corner. <laughs> What's that noise? It does that from time to time. Yeah, I hate it, it when it does that. Sparks into life. Good afternoon, listeners. It is the afternoon here on the mighty three Triple R broadcasting to you from, uh, well, a grey corner on uh, East Brunswick. Yes. Nondescript day. Yes, it is a bit nondescript, isn't it? After yesterday's flash of summer. Oh, yeah, and Saturday. But yes. um, what uh, the outside gloom may happen outside, we will more than make up for because of the sun is shining here in the studio and we have luminaries who will be shining forth mm. with their opinions of the year. It's uh, Yes, it's that time where everybody looks back and, well, first of all, a lot of people go, Oh, my God, we got to here. <laughs> How did this happen so fast? Uh, where you're, it is. you're talking, of course, about the time of year. I am indeed. We're, we're ramming up against Christmas already. Ramming up against Christmas. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's an image. <laughs> but no, wow. you're right. You, 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 most I of hadn't us, thought of it that way. Most of us think, what happened to 2014? Yes. What, where did that go? And why don't we ram up towards <laughs> Christmas more? That's what it feels like. Let's yes, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh, yes, I don't know why, but I have this image of Lunig uh, ramming the shears in my yes. in my brain. But that's uh, me. You need someone with a cleaner mind. Uh, yeah, it is. It's that time of year where we do. It's the you know the the uh, I don't know the um, the whole calendar thing. You know where we mm. we get to the end of it and we look back and we yes. go, what was that all about? And we try to make sense of it and yes. we try to sort of distill. Trends that have happened, maybe interesting things, and we have got a ripper. Do you like the way yes. I did that? A, ri- a ripper panel. Yes, um, yes we have indeed. Uh, Hilary McNevin, the wonderful Hilary McNevin, is in here. Uh, she who runs for Epicure and uh, Broadsheet, of course, and yes. uh, the one that we call uh, the hard case, the hardenator. Yes. Uh, Michael Harden. Sallying forth Chilling with, in the green with opinions already. Yes. Yes, there he is. Um, but um, he's going to talk about uh, the year. And uh, one of my favourite communicators, wine writers, uh, Bon Vivant, just mm. great bloody chick, mm. uh, Jane Faulkner, mm. is, uh, is coming in. She's heading here uh, at the moment. She's just been tasting wines in queue. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, mm. that's the life of a wine taster. That's what you're doing on a Sunday. Yet. Yeah. Away you go. Crack the wines. Hey. <laughs> Crack them open. Um, but then have a bit of a discourse about it. And the great thing yes. is that Jane um, sallies forth with her discourse so well. Mm. And, um, hey, what do you think? You want to join us for that? I think it could be a good thing. Uh, we don't often do this. Oh, no, actually, I need to just uh, very, very quickly again mm. just... I always do this. I just mm. go, oh my God, the doctors. Oh, how good were they? Yeah, always, you know. And the scientists looking back. Ebola. Again. Um, trying, you know, talking. Yeah. They had someone in here who was like there and doing good things. Oh, wow. The some, mind boggles. There's some amazing people in this world, aren't there? Yes. There really are. It really brings back the faith in human nature. Mm. Um, hearing that someone can give their time and... The potential health to doing something like that. Anyway, great great show about that. And yes. also talking about torture. Scientists, as always, fantastic. But here we are. We're in the present now and we're um, we're looking at stuff. But one more time, we need to look back because I just wanted to wrap up on Barbecue Day. What a great day we had last week. That was good fun in the performance space. Well, it was good for you. Uh, was it good for you, Matt? It was very good. Why? Uh, well, it was good for us because for the first barbecue day, we had access to plum <laughs> water and, and refrigeration, which is... Yes. It's like a coming of age. And a freezer with ice cubes in it. This is true. That was nice. Yeah, these are great leaps forward. But yes. uh, by far the best part of barbecue day, of course, was our um, wine experiment where we took an unsuspecting bottle and indeed cask of wine and... Uh, Yes, there was a religious, uh, a little bit of a religious sort of theme to the show, turning uh, not quite water into wine, but no. uh, uh, champagne from Goon. Was it successful? We uh, we ask ourselves this uh, taking of a uh, major label carbonator. Yes, <laughs> it's probably the best way to do yes. it, isn't it? Rather than the name, the thing. 
because I reckon well, we're going to stick that thing back on eBay. Uh, we got it off. Do gum- you want it back? We got it off. Not really. No, neither do I. We got it off Gumtree for seventy bucks. I wonder how much we get for it now. Let's go for it. It's had half a cask of wine. <laughs> we can give it a go. But anyway, okay. So what did we what did we learn? That really, really good um, uh, method Champenois uh, champagne rocks. Yes, because they they do it in the bottle. That uh, we did something that commercial operators do, but at a much smaller scale. So, so, so if you're drinking a ten dollar bottle of bubbly. Uh, that is the method they would use to put the bubbles in it just on an industrial scale. So, yes. And we were quite surprised that the bead that it created was actually quite fine. It was a good-looking bead. Big thanks to Duncan Buchanan. Yes. And Scott Island from Providence Wines for helping us out there. Yes. But, uh, yes, Duncan brought in a, a, a bottle that was, uh, was a it? little bit low in, in alcohol, high yes. in acid. We made the fart joke of the thing when it went, you know, Put and the, put the bubbles in, and, and it wasn't bad. Duncan didn't like it, but I thought it was valid. I actually thought it would, if you had the right wine, that would work pretty well. But the cask wine? Tasted just like cask wine with bubbles. Bad fizzy wine. Yes. Yep. The goon with uh, the effervescent goon. Yes. <laughs> the effervescent, could be a name of a pub somewhere yes. in the moors. <laughs> I went to the effervescent goon. And it was really good. Um, okay, so moving on. So uh, what do we also do? Uh, big thanks. Barbecue day. Uh, mm. We could adapt. We overcame. Uh, the performance space was great for barbecue day. We look forward to seeing it outside at series. I feel bad because it may have been me that jinxed it, I said, the week before. It I never think, rains on barbecue day. Yeah, I, I reckon it was because uh, Johnny Von Goes was underdressed, actually. <laughs> yes. That was what did it. He, uh, I was expecting the purple suit. Yes. I was a bit disappointed. Yes. Band was good, though. That was great. Today's food quote. Yeah. Hello. A great deal of steam. The pudding was out of the copper. A smell like a washing day. That was the cloth. A smell like an eating house and a pastry cook's next door to each other. With a laundress's next door to that, that was the pudding. That's Dickens. Oh. Good to have a little bit of you know. <laughs> Dickens. Um, uh, so yes, we uh, we salute today. We found a uh, a saint. Yes, Saint. How do you say that? Is that uh, Josie or Jose? Yeah, that's Jose. Jose, Almost certainly, it's yeah. a Spanish saint, and he is the patron of go harvest harvests. Just just general harvest. So he's been he, busy all all year. Yes, he co-wrote uh, Neil Young's album too, yes. as as a co-writing thing on that, which is very good for him. Made him very rich. Saint Jose, eighteen thirty-eight. Pierre Marie Alexis Mulardet was born. Uh, wow, that's a triple hyphenated thing. Mm. Pierre Marie Alexis. Pierre Marie. Okay, let's mm. not go there. Uh, French botanist. He saved the vineyards of France from total destruction by the grape. Uh, d- disease, phylloxera, a small greenish-yellow insect uh, which sucks mm. the fluid from grapevines. And he did so by grafting the French vines on American rootstocks from uh, Venus vinifera to rupestus, if I, my memory serves mm. me right, uh, which was resistant, the rupestor, that is. Uh, he also developed the first widely used plant fungicide. Really? <laughs> go, yeah. dude. Go, dude. Um, and uh, just... Uh, oh, in 1950, yeah. James Dean appears in a Pepsi-Cola commercial, mm. his first paid acting job. Oh, really? The video is available, too, if you want to find it. Yeah. If you're into that. Mm-hmm. James Dean. Hi, I'm James Dean. For, I don't know, Drink I have, Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm smoking a cigarette. Well, if it was yeah. his first acting role, he probably wouldn't have been as a celebrity, would he? No. He would have been an unknown. No, he's just like, like an extra. A, yeah, he just came in. Like Kylie Minogue doing the get, locomotion. Get Jimmy to do it. Yeah. I don't know who he is. But he's got good hair. Come on. He's good. This kid's going to go somewhere. He's going to go somewhere. Yeah. And in 1856, just to uh, take this thing uh, home a little mm. bit because we've got to look back with our guests and they're starting to tear up the green room. We're a bit worried about them. Uh, 1856, back to Charlie Dickens. Right, yep. Yeah, you ready? Here yeah. we go. And he made a prediction. Right. And he wrote in Household Words, mm. 1856, remember, mm. aluminium may probably send tin to the right about face, drive copper saucepans into penile servitude and blow up German skill- silver sky high into nothing. A bit flowery. Yes. Pretty with his predictions. But he was pretty accurate in these, um, even though aluminium had only been discovered in 1808 mm-hmm. and had only been commercially since 1854. Mm. Although we've probably moved away from uh, aluminium saucepans, haven't we? Uh, I think we have. We yeah. still smelt a lot of it. Out in the regions. 
Smelt. Smelt. It's a great verb, isn't it? It is, yeah. To yeah. smelt. Like to um, smoke fish or something. Small <laughs> fish. Um, yeah. I think it was, you know what really scared me about aluminium? What's that? Was the pitting of the aluminium, said aluminium saucepans. No, really? You know, you always look at the bottom and there's all these little holes and fissures everywhere. I don't think I've ever used an aluminium saucepan. Really? Yeah. That's why your mind is so sharp. <laughs> uh, 12 12, and your mind is sharp too because you're listening to 3 Triple RFM. It's the afternoon. Uh, we've got a bit of fun coming up, uh, but Matt's picked some music for you. Uh, actually, we're going to go and pay mortgage. And Matt back. will not play any music for you. <laughs> we'll play music after this. Oh, he's tough, isn't he, old man? He's just waving around, getting everybody organised. Um, the whip Hillary. needs to be cracked. Hillary, yeah, you were. Yes. You were yes. a whip-cracking kind of guy. Hillary, a very, yes. very good afternoon to you. And a very good afternoon to you too. Thank you, Cam. What a delight it is to have you in here. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, good. I'm not really happy about your other guest, though, here that's to my left, but anyway. Well, yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> well, I've said don't butter, and she's a nasty person. <laughs> yeah, tell you what, my... And, uh, and the man who knows, who uh, is able to spread Very. these opinions like confetti coming down from a Greek wedding. Michael about, Harden. About as weighty, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least it doesn't float around like blue asbestos. Uh, oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Probably uh, <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a thing. Um, all right, so here we are. We've um, we've eaten, we've drunk, we've talked about it, we've written about it. Some of us have been paid for it, which is a good thing. It helps. It helps pay the rent, doesn't it? It does. Yes, indeed. And it's that weird thing. We come to the end of the year and we go, "What the hell was that all about?" And we try to make sense of it, don't we? I think we like to think we can make sense of it. I think it's about we could, you know, look at trends or <laughs> were there trends this year? Were there – what mm. were we eating particularly, I think? I, mm. I, and I think um, it's been – well, it's been an interesting year. It's constant saturation of a market and constant evolution. There's, you're always writing about places that close and, and keeping an eye on it and what's it going to turn into next. Can we, start off, can we start off with that? Maybe, you know, you know because we will get flippant. We will, we will get silly and um, – but let's maybe just make a, a slight acknowledgement for the people that provide us with our food, provide us with uh, the sucker and comfort of hospitality in a nutshell. It is tougher than ever to make a buck, isn't it? It's extraordinarily oh, difficult. Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm. There's, you know, there's, there's like no room. Getting, you have to do it. Like, you know, this is the thing with, with restaurants. It's There are some people that are making money. They've got a good business model or whatever. But mostly yeah. people are doing it for passion and for the love of the industry. What percentage? It's a very seductive um, industry in that way. But it you're is. Not, you're not really going in there to make a million dollars. And I think it's really interesting to look at the, the scales of, of when you say passion. I don't would – would never m- – say one passion was more than another if, but if you look at the structure of say Andrew McConnell's restaurants or Neil mm. Perry who obviously like I said good business model really mm. strong yeah. management structure yep. and then Ryan Flattery comes along and opens Mr Jennings on yep. his own and if you ask him you know you're, you're free for a beer he said no I'm working on my ob tomorrow <laughs> I'm, le- I'm teaching myself <laughs> this and I'm teaching because it's just him and obviously Malcolm at the front in front of house but, and, hell. and tiny, he would be working and he's doing it all and he's really loving it and really happy but it's absolute extremes of two people, but always doing a consistent, creating and a I consistent it's, product. It's people like Ryan that really make our make Melbourne's industry very interesting because there's always these chefs that are going into these projects, um, passion projects, cooking the food that they want to cook in mm-hmm. the way that they want to cook yeah. it, and uh, you know. It's not necessarily the greatest business model. They're never going to. They're never. They're kind of buying themselves a job in a way, but they're doing what buying they really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it means that our restaurant system is our restaurant scene is really really interesting all the time because we have this wonderful group of passionate, um, creative people mm. that are interested in doing pushing the boundaries. Like, yes, like, on their own terms. Yeah. But the beauty of that is also we have the audience who want Absolutely, people like, like Ryan. So a, you know, very educated, very yeah. hungry. And uh, who want to support people like Ryan, though, too? He's obviously, like you said, bought himself a job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really, in a really, <laughs> gone with the bank manager, you yeah. know. Because um, <clears throat> that is the opposite, isn't it? There, there are a few operators that have that economy of scale that we, we speak about. We speak of uh, the very wonderful Andrew McConnell, mm-hmm. who is probably one of the major employers um, in this city, it'd have to be so. I mean, yeah, all right, so we now, and here's just a, a thing for thought. With the uh, closing of uh, our car industry next year, which will be happening, mm-hmm. the biggest employer in this state will be Crown Casino. 
Yeah, that yeah, doesn't that doesn't surprise that me. Yeah, sense. okay, and that's uh, well, maybe we'll just put that to one side. Um, so we have <laughs> no um, scoops there, darling. Well, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's almost the uh, no shit. Sherlock yeah. moment, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, good on you, Cam. When's the, when's yeah. the levity happening, yeah, Cam? Yeah. I'm quite depressed I now. I thought you said this would be fun, Michael. Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, Jane, yeah. Jane <laughs> I hope she did. Jane, uh, by the way, if you've just tuned in, uh, we've got Michael and Hillary. Uh, we're looking back at the year, um, and uh, Jane Faulkner is coming in. We're going to be looking at booze, which um, I'm sure we won't be able to get you out of the studio. Um, for the, No, not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Kale. Cold, dead claws. All right, here's one. <laughs> Here's a, here's a cat to throw on the table. Okay. Kale. Is it everywhere? Is it valid? Is it good? It's a green Are vegetable. Are we over it? It's a bit of, bit of a leafy, leafy green, green vegetable. vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like silver beet. It's like um, ah. spinach. It's, it's a leafy green yeah. vegetable that had a really good marketing team behind it. I often yeah. Any of those kind of things that come up out of nowhere, I often just wonder who's... Yeah. Where, who had the, where was the, who was sitting around the table and how did they get us all wanting it? The kale board of Australia. And while we're sort of in the midst of sort of trying to ban food products, which is, you know, is going on at the moment, let's just ban kale crisps. Please. Ban them. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I hate That's them. That's really... Mm. They were beetroot crisps. I don't like them either. Remember they were sort of big in the 90s? Yeah. You sort of have these little baskets. Every of Probably put banana chips in there too. So. And, and I have to be told, just to remember next day that you're not dying. It's all right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's okay. All right, so, um, all right, so kale... Uh, death to kale users everywhere, says Michael. Well, uh, yeah, well, well what do you just, say, Hillary? I just say eat it like any other green vegetable. You know, yeah. I love okay. silver beet. I like, I love green. It. And stop talking about it and thinking it's going to save your life or make you look twenty-five when you're eighty. It's just not going to do that. <laughs> you're dreaming. Yeah. 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 Tell, tell them they're dreaming. Uh, Yuzu. Well, has a place. Yuzu, yeah, it's like it is. It's it's definitely sort of on the rise. That whole, I think the um, what is yuzu? The use of, um, for maybe some some people don't know what yuzu it's is. Citrus, isn't it? It's, it's a citrus. citrus it's a, a Japanese. It's a Japanese no, citrus citrus orange. Yeah. Got, a, got a lovely little sort of lift to it. It's and you'll see it in dressings and sauces. And and it's great. It's really good. It's a good ingredient, and yeah, it sort yeah. of it goes Nothing. well with lots of things, particularly seafood. So and yes. it does because it has this. It's not as sweet as say an or, uh, other yeah. citrus fruit like an orange. It's somewhere in between an orange and a lemon almost. It's yeah, like exactly. Know, it's, and it's, exactly. It's fuller, on the and it pulls too. out the sort of you know everybody's talking about umami. You know, it's sort of it, it's very good at pulling that out of, mm. a, of a particular dish. I think. Yep. So I so like tick, it. Tick valid. That's uh, that's a good one. Um, quinoa is uh, is that still? No. That's that's probably peaked. I reckon. Oh yeah, because that was big plummeting in flames ago. to the ground. It's sort of like because it was like I think peak quinoa happened when um, quinoa. when it was when they decided that it, like, all of a sudden decided that it was sort of destroying the livelihoods of the people that were growing it. You know, yes. it's sort of like they they you know, kel irony. Yeah, so, so, kel yeah. irony. So you know, it's sort of like this fuck quinoa. Fancy too. Yeah. yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Pretentious moi. Um, <laughs> But that, but that's the thing about it is that was the one of the craziest things about this trend was the fact that here was this wonder grain that um, was marketed to us uh, in the fact that you know it's great and it's going to it's going to yeah be great and but yeah the people that had uh, uh, relied on it there you go yes. when vocabulary works uh, relied on it for essentially suddenly were denied with their major food stuff because yeah. yes. they yeah. couldn't afford to why am I laughing at that it's just <laughs> the I don't know. I've been laughing about the government all year, so I suppose it's sort of you know, <laughs> it's a bit of laugh. It is I a actually, bit of laugh. I picked up a cookbook at the kids' school fair. Oh, cookbooks, yeah, cookbooks. Yeah. Um, called the. I picked it up, had a look through it. Detox cookbook published in two thousand and four, <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. like, what on earth? I wanted, and I looked up when it was Why published because I, I thought he's been talking about detoxes for so long. Well, Jane Faulkner's here. We're not detoxing today. No, it's okay. And um, we're, we're retoxing, Jane. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But quinoa, quinoa was in there then, and I thought, okay, what is it? detoxing thing. Yeah, because it's gluten-free and protein. But this is 10 years ago. <laughs> you know. That's right. Not the way you need to talk no. when you talk about this <laughs> ridiculous... Assert- All right. Uh, um, how about um, uh, any ridiculous assertions being made for food this year, saying that we managed to... And we can we can shelve that. Just maybe maybe think about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, if Best 
Should we talk about restaurants? Yeah, what do you want? I know an assertion that, and I we had a chat about this to John Sussman um, earlier this year about the lobster roll. So, so the uh, uh, the wonderful the friend guy. of the friend of the fishes, yeah, well, not he's really a friend of fishes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really at all. He encourages people to pull them out of the so ocean. Much. Yeah, yeah. No, but the, but the wonderful John Sussman. But he's great, but he talked about, and I suppose when you say getting silly about food, the the whole idea of just. The lobster roll. The lobster roll in the context with which it was being sold, which is almost like a bit of a fast food product. And his argument was it's a luxurious, beautiful item that we should be paying good top dollar for. Yeah. Don't dismiss the Australian Australian product because a lot of the products are coming in from Canada and... So, that the boys uh, are using. So I think a cray- crayfish roll rather than a rock lobster roll, where it, it, it first <coughs> uh, eventuated, it started in uh, in New York with Michael Chang, wasn't it? Uh, David uh, Chang. David Chang. Uh, yeah, yeah, David Chang. That's where and and it descended, went all went viral. Yeah. yeah. So it was more. I think there's just that argument of. I guess dispelling my Andrew McConnell said to me that you know I won't, I won't put rubbish on and I, I'm happy to charge $16 for a small bite of something yes. John Sussman was quite funny and just going what people have carried on about this year he said how could the food media just pick up sweet sugary brioche buns with a couple of pieces of lobster yeah. roll and a, and go crazy with it he thought that it was distorted so when you just really? your question was I guess things that have gone mad I think the media's love of and I include us in that yeah. the lobster roll or, or you know the editorial choices to run things stuck in a piece of bread goes well was, with a nice was, glass was of champagne bit, though doesn't it or sparkling well, sure does. it's yeah. delicious I'm not saying it's a Rocking. bad thing and I love them but it's just the over oversupply and overwriting of them and maybe the misunderstanding of the product and zeitgeist scale off the charts a little, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a so. little. So I thought that went a bit, just to answer, that was an idea that came to me. What about the um, the whole notion of, um, have we reached a saturation in food trucks? Food trucks have been big this year, haven't they? Have I they think, sort of I reached think, a critical no, mass? I think that there's always, there's there's room for more. I think I think it's a really interesting trend. And people at Rye, people, there's shop owners at Rye that would disagree with you there. Yeah, yeah, they, absolutely. They're, they're very, yeah. very shitty about the food trucks coming in. Taking business. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, no, and also, may I also say, shining a mirror on what they are doing because the offering from food trucks mostly is pretty damn impressive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. I think you know, I can think of hammer and tong trucks, fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. One of the most heroic things I ever think were ever thought about saying, you know what? I reckon we could put a wood-fired pizza oven in a in a in a truck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they achieved it. And you they're know? not bad. They're not yeah. bad. Those pizzas. No, they're good. Mm. No, yeah. I think there's room for them too. Yeah, I, just... I think so. But I think that I, I can completely understand restaurateurs. You know, if somebody comes and parks a food truck outside your restaurant, mm. I think that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So you know, yeah. somewhere Especially else. Especially if you've got a crappy yeah. fish and chips place, you know, <laughs> exactly. and then all of a sudden, yeah. they're doing what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've got you know, sriracha. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. what the hell? Hey, yeah, Joyce, yeah. look at this stuff. <laughs> It's in a red and we it's got it a green top. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. But yeah. I, can I say what when you're talking about putting up a mirror mm. along something? I was walking, and it's not a food truck, but you, I think Michael would add to this. Yesterday, I was walking along Ligon Street, and I just you realise there's that block now with heart attack and vine, milk the cow. Yep. Now Peter Pippo opened. So yesterday, two Lygon days ago, Ligon Street, Street Car- in Heart attack and vine. How good is that? I know, but then you can it's go great. into milk the cow and have some cheese, and they are. They, yeah, I think they and a do glass really. of wine, like it's a, it's a bar it's a with cheese. It, it's very, very nice. And um, and then Peter Pippo's opened, and then uh, the Blex block up. Just talking about the mirror, you see all these. <gasps> they're starting to put chalkboards out with specials and signs. I thought, oh, yeah. they're starting to are have you, a little panic. About, and, you <laughs> know, it's and, and there are a couple of shops that are empty, and there's a queue a hundred meters down the road. And yeah. I thought this is going to be interesting for that patch of Ligon Street and Carlton because finally can, operators. Can I define in. it? The infamous Grattan Street line. Yes. The Sea of Gingham. <laughs> I've, I've always said, beware the Gingham. The sound of oversized laminated menus flapping <gasps> in the breeze. Flapping in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Onomatopoetica <I just> <laughs> by Michael Harden. <laughs> and also, and, and, and also agree with me on this, any place that needs someone at the front of it to coerce you to come in... With oh. a bottle of wine, ain't getting mm. ain't getting by by the quality of their <laughs> offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, that's yeah. just just yeah. saying. Do you think that'll ever change? Do you think that will that will ever 
Will, will, will it be like that forever? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> like for eternity? <laughs> well, because it's designated a tourism precinct, so they're allowed oh. to put as many restaurants in as they want. The other side um, between Grattan and Elgin mm. yes. um, was designated sort of like just a regular shop. So there was a limit, um, a shopping centre, so there was a I limit on the number of restaurants that were allowed to go in. Okay. Yes. So when they, like, to stop the kind of thing that happened on Lone Street where it was just turning into all restaurants, they decided that the area closer to the city was going to be designated a tourist area, and so anybody could put in any business that they wanted to. So Go for no your life. Yeah. So that's what happened there, <laughs> oversaturation. <laughs> and then you cross the yeah, line, it is, it's like moving into another country. Yeah. I don't know. You know so yeah. it's, uh, it's actually interesting, the planning decisions they make. $100 a head mm. is getting to be almost de rigueur for restaurants. Is what inclu- what do you, what's inclusive of that when you say $100 a head? Lots, I'm hoping. All you can eat. No, no, Okay, let, let me, I'll bring it back. It's getting it's we've acknowledged first of all and restaurateurs and people in the industry I want to say that I'm on your side on this, but the fact that it's harder and harder there's less um there's less movement anywhere with the figures, but it is getting more and more expensive to eat out. Oh, absolutely. Mm, Melbourne's I agree. Melbourne's very exp- Australia's very expensive to yes. eat out. You know, it's sort of if if you have the chance to ever, you know, get overseas these days, it's sort of you start looking at prices in places that you used to be considered expensive and going, Oh, it's quite reasonable. That's good. So we acknowledge so, that. Let me oh, yeah. let me mm. just tease that out. Yep. And a trend that I wanted to speak to you about at the beginning of the show, I just sort of flagged it, is the fact that for me, um it appears that for a lot of people, breakfast is the time where a lot of people who don't have enough money to afford $100 a head get a chance to eat out or get a chance to have that experience of eating out. Is that a, is that a valid thing to say, do you think? I think it, there's a validity to become... it, but I don't see the appeal of... Breakfast, yes, has become very appealing, that whole cafe culture and sort of almost you don't like... The... Lining, you don't like lining up, do you? No, no, not for any. I, I, yeah. I will if I have to. Yes, <laughs> but it's not one of my favourite things to do. My point though is a really busy Sunday morning breakfast in a in, in a cafe. The eggs you have to wait too long for stuff. Mm. Everything's kind of compromised and quick mm. and shortcuts. And, and I'm a grumpy old woman in comes, when it comes to things like that. I'll go to a place for breakfast on a Monday morning. Yeah. You know, or something yeah. like, or a Tuesday morning where if I have the opportunity to, to do that. But I, the weekend culture of it. And I says we were talking about outside earlier. What about going to Movida at three o'clock in the afternoon? Or I've gone to the Town Mouse often at three or four in the, on a Sunday afternoon. And Hillary McNevin, the Canny Diner. See, this is it. You have to think outside. The, but it's, that's grumpy. quite true. No, but, but by by acknowledging your grumpiness, you're, yeah. you're in a grump. You will say, "I will keep this grump contained." So I will go to say Movida, for instance, yes. which is notoriously hard to get at that exalted perch at the bar. Hmm. And but if you go in at three o'clock. Mm. And you're on your own or with one other person, or I've gone yeah. into places, yeah, just with my computer, and I sit there, have a glass of wine and something great to eat, and that's when I'm grumpy. I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, you can meet two or away. three friends. Do you have a little sign that you put over the top of the computer? No. excuse while you're sitting there alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, He's on to me. He's on to me. So, and nationalities of food. Has Korean food arrived? Yeah, I think so. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that we've uh, been given the definitive Korean restaurant yet. You know, it's sort of, and I'm not sure whether we actually need one. Do we want it? I think that you know yeah. some of those joints that you go to. You know, I really like. There's a there's a there's a string of them opposite the um, Victoria Market, yeah. and there's some really really good ones there. They're really good value for really? money. Yeah, okay. yeah full of full of uh, full of Korean kids having a great time. Um, and you see cues and there. What does yeah, a Korean kid having a great time look like? <laughs> oh, you would not believe it's so cool. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. They yeah, they have little dance routines yeah, yeah, yeah. on the table. It's great. Yes. But um, there's often queues, often groups of people waiting for tables in those restaurants. It's sort of like the, the just on the border of the CBD queuing as mm. well because mm. I think queuing seems to have become a bit of a mainstay, though, for the city, don't no, you they think? Don't, they don't do nightclubs anymore. They queue in restaurants. Well, yeah. let, let, let's face it, for a lot of restaurants, they're not going to take the chance of, of having uh, reservations because the potential to lose money. Is is very real, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a sort of an interesting point. That's something that that's also looks like it's starting to happen a little bit in restaurant world. We saw it in uh, Prefix, where you're yes. booking ahead, you're paying ahead for your meal, mm. and if you can't make it, then you forfeit that money. You can sell on your seat to somebody else to get your money back. But basically, and that started to happen in New York, where you're sort of prepaying for dinner. Some of the top chefs are starting to do it. So it's, it's, it's quite an interesting way, particularly at a time when 
flexibility in dining is what it's yes. you know, supposed to be all about. It's like the diner should be able to go in and, you know, have a glass of wine and a peanut uh, or have like a 15-course meal. You yes. know, it's sort of like you're supposed to be catering for all of that. Yes, yes. Whereas they're sort of saying, well, if there's the demand for my restaurant and, you know, people booking and not showing up, you know, they lose so much money on yeah, that. Yeah, right. So yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's like a theatre ticket. It's yeah. like, you know, yes. it's sort of like you wouldn't sort of, you know, you wouldn't expect to sort of only pay once you've seen the show. Mm. So, and and the horror stories that I've been hearing is that how uh, people book large tables, this is just anecdotally, and they'll book two places and then they'll work out which one they'll do very, very close and the one... That's just yeah. nightmarish and oh, disrespectful just, and, just and ignorant. Na- nasty people yeah. that we don't want to invite to our place for dinner anyway. No. Um, or maybe we talk uh, food highlights for the year. Shall we go uh, talk about the positive? I think that we've we've had some really good restaurant openings this year. I think there's some really interesting yeah. stuff going tell on. Us like about, tell one us about of my favourites. Matt's it, writing them down. Here one of go. my favourites is Capo, yes. which is uh, Simon Denton's new restaurant where Verge used to be at the top end of um, the city corner of Spring and Flinders Lane. Yes, and he's had a bar upstairs for a while called oh, Pihu, which bar is with that great view, beautiful oh, Tokyo wonderful. style bar. It feels like you know, it feels like you're in. A, it's a, like a little spot of Tokyo. Mm. Oh, and um, and then there's also um, there's a, so downstairs he's now done Capo, which is a Capo style restaurant, which is what's Capo style? Capo style is where the chef is working behind the bar Ooh. and he is making food for you as you sit there. So part of the entertainment is to watch the food being created, and uh, they've got an ex Kenzan chef working there who's very good at this sort of stuff. So style. it's like going to you and watching that dude turn the yeah. yakitori really slowly. Yeah, the cruiser's <laughs> job in all of hospitality. <laughs> Attended yakitori now, <laughs> but he did it with, I want with, that with style and panache. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. So capo style food. Yes. Tick, big tick, yeah. and and also just that view from up there at that uh, that deck with the with booze yeah. and that's oh, it's a beautiful that's kind of nice. Beautiful um, other openings that have been memorable I think super, for you. Super normal has been. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Talk about yeah, hitting really the run. Like oh, jeez, we only got four minutes. Okay. And, um, yes. And Mr. Jennings, was yeah. like to go back to yeah. that, I think that's a very important opening, just in the There's, context of smaller restaurants. Also, a couple, I think it's an interesting thing that's happened. There's been a lot of sort of Cicchetti-style restaurants, which is, you know, yes. Italian-style bars with yes. small snacks opening. You know, we mentioned Heart Attack and Vine before. There's been a few of them opening. Ronnie around. did it. So, and um, Ronnie's, do it, Ronnie's doing it, as always. As and he's always um, doing Green it. Park, <laughs> you know, out in, out in Carlton. It's the Green Park Dining. It's sort of like... You know, it's not exactly a chiquetti bar, but it's got this beautiful bar down one end. I think they're doing a really fabulous job there. Uh, and Johnny DiFrancesco has done it next to 400 Grady in Brunswick. Yes, yes. very stylish-looking bar that uh, yeah. Pascal Gomes-McNabb designed. Yes. Who was, Big uh, food, food highlights for I the... For the sto- and also the Stokehouse story this year has <gasps> been ongoing. Yeah. You know, that's another the Stokehouse City opening oh, and now the announcement of the build... On the foreshore, and they're keeping Stokehouse City as Stokehouse City, so that yeah. was a bit of a surprise. And what about the all? poor old owners of Republica? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And Donovan, it's like the whole yeah, the, the St Kilda foreshore has been on in flames all year. It's sort yeah. Of like, yeah. You know, so some, I mean, some accidentally through fat fires, others through people trying to come through the doors inappropriately yes. <laughs> <laughs> late at night and in white hooded tracksuits. Yeah. Mm, uh, very nice, nice, uh, nice sort of look. Um, any favourite favourite dishes? Personally, I've been. Oh, yeah, over to you guys. People more oh, interested well, in what you guys think than me. I did like it's been written about a lot, but the kangaroo carpaccio at Mr. Jennings was a really interesting dish, and, yeah. and, and I think that's why it was written about so much. Cause Where's Mr. Jennings for those that don't on know? On Ridge Road in Richmond. Yeah. And um, it's um, frozen carpaccio of kangaroo. Mm. It's the most interesting texturally. Really and you put it in your mouth when it's and just frozen, and then it just <laughs> melts. In and it mouth. reveals so itself like to the you. The flavour and the texture yeah. change while, mm. while you're eating it, which is lovely. Another yeah. dish that he did was... Um, Samarejo with with the crab meat in it. Did oh, you see that beautiful yeah. Samarejo? It's like a gazpacho type um, soup. Um, originates in southern Spain, quite spicy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, crab meat in that as well, which like you know it was just like a kind of a no brainer combination, but so delicious that you kind of in there with your head licking the bowl. <laughs> You, know, yeah. like you do that anyway. Yeah, I know. Fool. I know. I have no manners. <laughs> like a fool. I've got no friends. He's got no manners. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, favourite sort of dishes for the year. Anything else that was sort of There's laudable? A beautiful sea brim. Got about two minutes, and we still got to do gifts. Yeah, Matt's pointing at me. 
pointing at you. What about and Bray? He's been doing some Bray, beautiful. That's another uh, restaurant that opened this year. Amazing sea urchin and eel dish that he did. In, like this beautiful brandade of eel piped into a, a little um, sliver of cucumber that's rolled up, and then he goes and gets fresh sea urchin and just chargles them really quickly on these outside barbecue and just places that on top. Whoa! Amazing. Whoa! Amazing. He's beautiful. The food down there is amazing. Yeah, it's expensive, but it's one of those those experiences where it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see. It's I the necessary pilgrimage. Yeah, mm. it's uh, for for a lot of people. Um, Hillary, any other? Hi- well, we, we need to get on to gifts, but any other highlights? I had a beautiful sea brim dish at um, raw sea brim at. Supernormal with mm. wakame that was just with some mirin and rice wine vinegar and it was fresh and beautiful and perfect and you know when you just have that dish and it's yeah. so simple a dish yeah. like that and raw and very light in flavour and texture and that made me really happy seems and no kale chips anywhere to be seen no kale which chips. Be good. it's I'd Christmas be time frisbees. Matt wants us to do don't we Matt come on oh, yes Matt what do you want for Christmas yeah well, all I want for Christmas is uh, a six pack of Bollinger RD. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good start, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Lamartier Bernier non-vintage would do me a case of that, as okay. well as some simple storage solutions for the books that are piling up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need new bookshelves or something. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So yes. yeah. So I, um, do you want one of the things is uh, a bottle of Forum vinegar, red wine vinegar. <gasps> so delicious! It's the best <laughs> vinegar ever. It is. It is. And um, it's not cheap, but it's one of those ones you don't need to use a lot of it. They no. have a they have a Cabernet Sauvignon vinegar, and then they also have a Chardonnay vinegar. I've Really? The Chardonnay you can actually drink. Like you can put it with soda water and ice and cucumber, and it's delicious. Excitement. It's really delicious. Excitement. But the red is perfect for um, salad dressings and stuff. It, it just It's the way I converted my daughter when she didn't want salad to, to salad. <laughs> It was like just, just to, you can you can drink the dregs of the dressing after you yeah, eat yeah. the leaves. You know, so she so. was uh, doing the Simpsons things. Don't make friends with salad. Exactly. <laughs> don't make friends with salad. Another thing. Can I just add one more that I want is one of those. Um, I want a giant ice cube tray. Because it's like the big ice cubes are really great. In oh yes, yes. Because they they melt. Slow. Um, more slowly, they don't dilute the booze as much. They keep it cold, and they, they're kind of cool as yeah. well. So I, I want. Sort of probably about four four hundred of those to keep Damn up right, my Negroni. Negroni consumption. Yeah. Oh, Negroni's, we need to do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're going. Oh, we're winding it up. Matt, Matt's desperate, and I would like to just put one of my things. I would love to receive great foodie gift for anyone. Is Hazard Chili Sauce mm. made by my wonderful mate Kath up there at uh, Mesa Verde? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's just a great chili sauce okay. available. You tried it? I haven't tried it's it. It's great. It's. Uh, yeah, we'll now. Anyway, look, we um, we might uh, do a, a further wrap up towards the end yes. once we get some booze in front of us and Jane can can talk. You are listening to Three Triple R. We're looking back. We're looking forward. We're going sideways. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Don't you love it when it's like, it's, it's palpable excitement and I'm um, getting my friends to smell my crazy alkaloids. But uh, we welcome <laughs> Jane Faulkner in your- oh, It's about to time we got you back. I know, I'm sorry, I'm late. Oh, that's all right. No, no, that, that, that's fine. Um, uh, for those that haven't heard of Jane Faulkner, well, where have you been? Um, Drinking, actually. Yes. <laughs> Well, we were saying well, it, it was an interesting way, uh, use of the Sabbath, that you said, I've got to get a cue to drink. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, no, that t- ticks all my boxes. It did. It was Boccaccio Cellars. They've got a fantastic um, tasty... Boccaccio Cellars. Boccaccio Cellars. Nebbiolo. And it's on until one o'clock, so if you want to get down there, fantastic wines, Vira, Better Valley. Fifteen, hurry. You might be around the corner, so just get there. Don't think just... Get out of the car. Stop the car before you get out of it. Um, it's probably a great idea. Um, so that probably need um, Italian varietals. Yes. Is there anything the, they can't do? Not really. They're pretty exciting. Yeah. And look, the, what's exciting here in Australia, we're growing really good Italian varieties. So, right, and, um, we, and, you know, we can thank tobacco for that. <laughs> we can. That's well, quite serious, isn't and, it? Yeah. Why? The king, well, Why? Yes, well, certainly in the King Valley crew, like Pizzini, they did start out growing p- tobacco, their, their grandparents yep. um, and parents. And we then, grow the bigger leaf, you <laughs> and know. And they realised maybe... We make good money from the bigger leaf. 
Uh, yeah, it was good smoking, that hoochie-coochie stuff. But um, they realised it's probably not sustainable. What else could they do? Did you say hoochie-coochie stuff? <laughs> I did say. They weren't growing Not then. the pitsinis, by not the way. Not the They do not right. do that. Wasn't that in Griffith, New South Wales? It's a long lead, all right? It's a yeah. long lead. Anyway, and so they did. They grew grapes and realised that um, looking at the heritage of where they had come from and um, doing very well, very well indeed. And what were the first ones we saw? We saw the the rise of Prosecco and we saw Tempranillo yep. as just this great, great grape, huh? It is, but that's Spanish though. You're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Hang about, just, I, gotta do something. I just have to do something. Ow! Okay, I just slap myself. No, you're right. Think, Cameron, think. Okay, so um, Mediterranean varietals. Exactly. Right. Now you're talking. Broaden it out. Now you're but, talking. But it does make sense because, let's face it, we are looking down the barrel of a climate cataclysm that could be happening. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, these uh, southern grapes make a lot more sense generally, do they not? They certainly do. And um, we will see more of them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's still trying to work out what's what's going to go where. Look, we are getting dry. There's no doubt about it. There is climate change. We can't deny that. So yeah, the, gro- t- the Dirt Freddy <laughs> moment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So people who are being smart and thinking, okay, this is long term. What, what's going to work in my backyard? And so in some of those dry areas already in the Riverland, for example, they're growing Vermentino, Fiano, um, just for the whites that are doing really well. Oh, I just knocked over my Fiano, that was a big discovery for me this year. Lovely, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Well, someone said, you've got to remember, just say piano, but use a V. <laughs> go, oh, right, I've got it. Yeah. Use an F. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, um, yeah. they you don't have to really – it's the I'll water factor. You don't have to put a lot of water on them. You know, that's yeah. – you know, it makes sense. You don't have to acid adjust them because they've got natural acidity in the heat. And they're delicious. They're savoury. And I think Aussies are pretty good because we sort of travel a lot. We like drinking. And all of a sudden we like, we like these savoury little numbers. Yeah. And they go well with our food. Every type of food that we have here. So The, the one trend I'm just so thankful that we don't do in this country is just thinking that we should do Red Cena. <laughs> Poor old Retsina. There's some very good Retsina. Really? Mm-hmm. I think a Ret- Ret- Bullshit. Really? I'm calling shenanigans on that. I mean, Ret- Retsina makes sense when you've got the Aegean Sea around you. Yes, it does. Yeah. We won't grow it here. It's an aesthetic. Wow, this is mm. actually quite nice. Mm. But, yeah. But, okay. So, um, I stupidly um, lumped something in as a Spanish one. But, but the Tempranillo, of course. But we are seeing more and more of that, isn't it? Because yeah. years and years ago, we looked at, to France and Paris, especially for everything, our food, uh, the yes. way we drank. It informed the way that we were culturally. But now that's changed, doesn't it? It is changing. Um, the wine industry in Australia is still very francophilic. Um, yeah. They're sort of it's taking a long time. I mean, still, uh, Shiraz is still our number one grape. Um, is Chardonnay really? is still, yep, our number one white in terms really? of plantings. Yes, it's Chardonnay? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it would be Sauv Blanc. Oh, you'd think so, but it's not. Still that's Chardonnay. New Zealand. That's because we drink so much of the New Zealand yes, stuff, Yes, we keep perhaps. buying it, indeed. Um, th- although there's some very good um, Sauv Blancs. However, yes, indeed. we need to sort of change the way we look at things and really be a bit sensible about it and that's happening so you get and you know what how it's done apart from the imports the great imports we get and people go gee i really like this then you get really smart um producers and makers like stephen um panel who's based in mclaren vale who makes beautiful shiraz as Mm. well but he's making tempranillo tariga blends he's playing around with these mediterranean varieties saying this is what we should be planting here in australia we're silly and starting to, by dare I say that, by extrapolating out from that, getting an Australian expression of that. Indeed, And, yeah. and getting a, a proper, like, a new style blending. Yeah, exactly. And there are, oh, the, the fruit's grown here. They've got to be Australian. There might be an essence or a varietal character, but it's really about what that patch of earth will do with that variety and having it match up. Mm. Yum. I wish I had a bottle of that Tempranillo Tariga right now. So do we. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Well, it's, I think it's all but sold out because it did um, take out the uh, wine show at the um, Australian Alternative Varieties Wine Show, which I chair. So got to be quick. And, of course, his, his um, Syrah, the Adelaide Hills one, won the Jimmy Watson at the Royal, well, the Royal mm-hmm. Melbourne Awards or whatever they call them now. It's a bit different, isn't it? Yes. So a really beautiful wine, $25. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, great That's kind of good. Uh, wine good. prices, what's happening with them this year? Yeah, well, fluctuating. Um, look, it's funny you're talking about trends and, um, look, people still drink. <laughs> 
despite just dire circumstances or whether... Well, you well, well it's a drug, darling. It's a drug. <laughs> well, I guess it yes. is. It's a poison, technically, alcohol. No, it is. But yeah, it is. You're gee, quite it's right. delicious poison, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, like good. It. it's good going down. Yes. <laughs> well, I had it for breakfast, so who am I trying to kid? Yes. Um, and it, actually, I was listening to the bit you were talking about, the detox. I'm thinking, we have a thing called a liver. That's what it does. Yeah. It detoxes naturally for us. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so its gig. That's its gig. So don't because, worry about it. And actually, we've worked out, there was a recent study that um, says that we evolved that probably about 100 million years ago because uh, we had to get used to eating all the wonderful uh, fermented fruit that lies on the ground. That was Exactly. They were the first real booze parties. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Come over to the apricot tree because yeah. the stuff's bubbling and, hey. Yeah. We, and that was, that, they, were the, they were the first bars, I suppose. No, they were the first bars and real cheap too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I guess uh, saying that, here we go, inject a, a little bit of seriousness into it. This is the fact that uh, from an evolutionary point of view, the human body has been uh, programmed or has evolved to um, synthesise alcohol for about 100 million years. It's not, well, it's not an overnight thing, folks. No. I find no. that strangely reassuring. I know, it's so do I. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it, it is a kind of booze. Um, moving on from, is there anything else you wanted to mention about wines and... Oh. No, let's just talk booze general. Um, well, no. the one thing I noticed that's happening, uh, and uh, let's see, is it Bass and Phillips around uh, Mornington, around Red Hill, that uh, are doing gins? There's a lot of gins coming out using Australian botanicals, which yep. has been a really, really good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all go tick on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good gins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give us a bottle of that. And now, often made by winemakers who are bored after vintage, so I think, hey, I'll just make some gin on the side. And I've always wanted to yeah. still. That's right, exactly. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Marks from, yes. um, from the Yarra Valley. Company, yeah. yes. Yes. It's a great gin. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another trend that I'm sort of seeing is it's really just a continuation of something that's uh, that's been taking place is the rise and the rise and the rise of craft beer. Yeah. You know, we... Great craft beers around. We don't drink because, tell me, uh, is this a true statement? We didn't drink beer for taste. Beer was a parochial statement in the day. We drank, you know, whatever, VB or Melbourne beer because it was the the tribe that we belonged to or the tribe we aspired to. Yeah. And now we drink because, hey, this has got a really, really lovely hop and it goes well with this food and I really like the taste of it. Mm. And it was but made it, just around the corner. That's you know, good too. That's another thing. Yeah. But I still like to, you know, have a beer that can slake a thirst. You know, if you're doing a wine show and you've tasted 120 wines, you do want a really crisp, dry beer. Pacific Ale is a great, a great, a great thing. Coopers. In, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Coopers, yeah, no, it's you still know, good. Some, still the some green. Really, yeah, the green. Not the red. Red, Not the red. red just whacks you on your bum. So strong. Yeah, chew it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we agree that that's going well. The in, uh, Another thing that we're sort of seeing is the, the rise of the uh, malted whiskey that's coming out of Tasmania. It's yeah, more and more of that, isn't there? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Sullivan Cove is the, yeah, is the one that's sort of been the success yeah. story this year. Of, of, you know, and they just they just keep winning more awards, don't they? Best yes. whiskey yeah. in the world. Mm. Yeah. The whole universe. The whole universe. How many whiskies have you usually had when you say it like that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's put their arm around me and go, Cam, we just need to go and sit down yeah. over here. Cam, uh, it's it's, it's, it's going to be okay. Um, and um, sake? I love sake. Mm. Yeah, so people are getting it because it's it's um, coming out of its Japanese uh, restaurants. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And people are matching it. You know, some savvy sommeliers around town, but else, you know, in Sydney, elsewhere, um, thinking that it also goes well with other foods. You know, don't think just Japanese. And that's what ha- that's when people can embrace it. The difficulty is they still don't have their labels in English. That makes it very difficult. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So you, you honestly have to take a photo of the label and, and memorise it. Um, there's some beautiful ones around we've got some really good importers um that's a very good point actually it really is Jane. well look you, you know what that's she's here yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> not just a, not just right. a good drinker uh-uh. not just a good face for radio let me tell you <laughs> so but, but that's true because years and years okay again going back we all look towards france and wine labels were indecipherable you you had to have the the and Somalias were the keeper of the special wisdom that mm-hmm. you know would not come out and that is what needs to happen with the sake for yeah it does for us yeah, we, we need yeah. an app an app to interpret 
Well, well they are. They are in, yeah, they are starting to look at that, realizing that Australia is actually a very strong market for them, and yeah. America now. You mm. know, the, it used to be one of those situations not that long ago that oh, we just make sake for Japan. What do you mean you're from Australia and you want to buy it? From yeah, us? You, you want some of this? Yeah, stuff? that's oh, okay. changing now. So, which is very exciting because there's some beautiful, beautiful sake. Yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, all sorts of manner of um, uh, expressions in the you know with, with um, yeah. the, the palate and the nose Absolutely. and stuff like that. Big revelation for me this year, actually um, confirming it, is the... Hey, we all love chilli. We all like... Okay. A lot of us love eating chilli. Yeah? Here we go. I'm yeah. trying motherhood statements that aren't quite motherhood statements. <laughs> hey, we all like... Oh, is that just me? Um, <laughs> I love chilli. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, but, but my residual sugar... Mm-hmm. A little bit of residual sugar yes. is Chile's friend. So yes, actually, one of the big things for me was that actually wine can make sense with hot food. Mm. So something like, say, Gewürztraminer or... Uh, um, okay. Go. The Gewürz is... It means spicy anyway in German. Right. It's not necessarily a sweet wine. Oh. It's, um, it's very floral. What you need is a bit of Riesling with some residual sugar in it, so it's got texture. Gruner uh, Vetlina. Gruner Vetlina is great. I, just like saying I love that. saying that the groovy, but <laughs> yeah. again, that's not a sweet wine. The groovy. Right. Oh, but I mean, yeah, okay. So, but there are ones that have yeah, a little texture. bit of texture. Okay. We need that texture, and the residual sugar is a really good thing with chili. Excellent. Yeah, there you mm. go. That that was a big one. What do you want for yeah. Christmas? Um, all of the above. <laughs> so really? <laughs> actually, I did um, a sparkling wine course this week, and I tasted the O2 Sir Winston, which is the top champagne of Paul Roger. And it's about look. Two eighty, three hundred dollars. I tell you what, it's such a good, such a good champagne. And dare I say, the, the great thing about really, really expensive champagne is the glide factor. It just mm. glides down the throat. It doesn't catch. There's no oh, acetic catch on just, your throat. Yeah, it is. That's that's pretty much that separates the luxury brands. We, yep. Agreed. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, do you want a decanter? Do you want some special glassware? Do you want us to do the bottle opener? Does anybody have bottle oh, openers anymore? I've forgotten how the, to use them. Like, like a waiter's like friend. You yeah. know? Remember those? They I were never those. friendly anyway. But <laughs> right. um, no, look. Especially if you've got it in your eye. Bit yeah. more, bit more cellaring space would be good. Oh, I don't know if I can really. I'd love to feel sorry for you there, yeah. Jane. All right, sorry. Cellar. Yes. I, don't think, I don't think I've cellared wines. Have you cellared wines? Matt does. A little. Yeah, for a oh, couple, a little, little you, time. Oh. Yeah, Gronya. Um, <laughs> it's been a, a, an interesting year. Oh, there was inter- there was a New Zealand wine thing that I just missed you because you were oh, in there yes, the, doing. Yep. Um, the Wine Awards, there was the Air New Zealand Wine Awards. What one? Just out of curiosity. Uh, oh, that's terrible. I'm not going to remember. Right I, had a, okay, I had a Stonefield, what was it called? Stonefield Chardonnay, which was amazing, I thought. There was a very, very good Gewurz, too, that um, took out a trophy. There you go. That was fantastic. Did you have it with hot food? Uh, um, yeah, be careful with that. Spicy food, not necessarily hot food. There's a difference. Okay, right. Not chilli hot. Okay, but yeah. agreed that a little bit, it's about the residual yeah. sugar that can yes. tame the spice. Let's go for lunch now and let's try it out. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. All right. Um, Where are we going? That's yeah. Um, Hilary and Michael, thank you so much for coming on. What a great panel you've been. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Ken. Just drawn to you. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to a flame. <laughs> oh, yeah, stop it. The light. Um, the light. The light. <laughs> All right, well. Um, the light. Coming up uh, next week, we're going to look back a little bit again, but we've got Yost Baker, who's, uh, well, we're going to get a little bit heavy and, you know, talk about stuff, you know, in a nice kind of way because he's got a great sense of humour too. And then Sebastian Rayborn has got the punch bowl, and he's suggesting that maybe we should just uh, have a little bit of punch for our Christmas dinner. Mm, Jane's going, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, if you speak truth. <laughs> yeah, verily we say here until twelve fifty nine and forty seconds. Matt, what do you want me to do? Take it home <laughs> and get out of here. Sure. All right, we're going to do that. Uh, it's the penultimate show for a wonderful diggers next door. Uh, tune in. Why would you go anywhere else? Uh, JVG is up after that, and uh, the wonderful Strange Fruit will be on. Holiday. Oh, I never get this. Them. I love them so much and I've maligned them so much. Yin and yang. Yeah, it's Have a constant in our lives. <laughs> Let's drink some whiskey. Uh, one o'clock, we're leaving. Bye. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.